0: Welcome back to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. We are your hosts. I am Amy. And I'm Emma. And we apologize for our absence of late. It has been since September since we've recorded last and it's embarrassing because it's October Yeah. and it's literally spooky month. But we have super exciting news. We found a place to live in New Orleans. So there's been a lot of back and forth and Traveling to New Orleans to find a place, looking at a shit ton of property, not finding anything, finding something, trying to get this house ready, so it's been a whole thing. Just trying to spend time with people here before we're gone. Yeah. So we do sincerely apologize. We're going to get you at least two spooky Halloween episodes for the month of October. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also don't have a drink for this episode. We've gotten a lot of really good recipes sent to us from people, but... We're taking a bit of a drink break today and for a couple days because, like Emma said, we've been hanging out with a lot of people and that has involved a lot of um, beverages and our bodies are telling us it's time to take a little slowdown. Yeah. Earlier I said I needed like a month-long juice cleanse. Yeah. We're definitely, um, we're scaling back a little bit right now, but I am going to post some of those recipes in case you have Halloween parties coming up because they do look really freaking good. And you can always make them alcohol-free if you'd like. But this episode is going to be my Pepsi episode. (laughs) Pepsi and water. All right. Um, So for Halloween, we decided we are going to get some true haunted slash scary stories from the Internet to read to you. And it's kind of like what Emma's been doing with her Let's Not Meet episodes, only with more of a paranormal twist to them. So we are going to take turns bringing you some scary stuff. And I'm going to go first. The story that I have is called The Little Hands and it's by Reddit user Painted Space Hook. Patented. patented. Oh, oh my god. Patented Space Hook. <laughs> my lord. We're off to a rocky start. Okay. So this is from Patented Space That's Hook. a hard word to say. It is kind of hard to say. Well, whatever. All right. I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teen. Other houses on her street had strange things going on too. A few homes away from her lived a family. One night the daughter went to bed with a bad headache. The next day she was dead. She passed away from an aneurysm. It's very sad. After her funeral the family family went away to get their minds off the tragedy and the father asked my uncle, my mom's brother, to check on their pets. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with him. My mother had heard there was a grand piano and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. After, I don't know what that has to do with it. Oh, yeah, there, okay. After, After entering the house, my uncle and my father headed to the basement to see the animals, and my mother went to the piano on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left the basement and walked past her. She kept playing and then she felt it again. She looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she started again, she felt hands clasp her legs lightly or tightly. She dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father and waited for them. Back outside, my uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what had happened and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father. When he played the piano, she'd crawl underneath, grab his ankles, and put his feet up and down on the pedals. Oh. Yeah. Spooky, but it's kind Spooky of but sweet. Spooky, but sweet, yeah. All right. you She up. didn't live
1: in that house, did she?
0: Who lived in the house? Oh, it's
1: weird that, like, she started out with, I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teen. But like. I think really she's saying that the
0: whole neighborhood was possibly haunted. Yeah. It confused me for a sec, but. Don't be confused. We got this.
1: Uh, the next one is called The Phantom Patient by Reddit user Zerbo. Okay. Zerbo. <laughs> the ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock into paranormal stuff. That is until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m. and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing I was in the driver's seat and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my god, am I dying? followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds, then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep. So we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither were opened. We didn't sleep much after that. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. That would be so scary. That's also so sad. It
0: is sad. But
1: I mean, I you hear like, you never think about like haunted vehicles. But an ambulance, I mean, sees a lot of death. Yeah. yeah. And just trauma. That's probably the place where mm-hmm. most people. Good
0: spot for a little um, residual haunting. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're it's off. like to... Carrie or Christine. Yeah. We're off the two sad starts, but unfortunately, in order for there to be a ghost, there has to be death. <laughs> right. So it's all kind of sad. Oh, hold on. My thing just scrolled all the way to the bottom and we we're not ready for that yet. Boop, 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 boop. Scroll all the way back to the top. We're not that far down. I'm doing it right now. Okay. This is The Impish Ghost by Reddit user Abby's Alibi. My neighbor Diane and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place, milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps and sugar, darn sugar. Every morning my sugar bowl was empty. When I'd had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot. She'd say he'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. Can you imagine some ghost just stealing your stuff? It would be super annoying. Come on. Like, enough of that. Your milk's going bad constantly because there's nowhere to put anything, or everything's gone, Mm -hmm. or not where it's supposed to be. Spending a shit ton of money on sugar because it's just disappearing. So I, I feel like I remember some stories about Faye, really liking um, sweet stuff. And they're known to be tricksters, so I wonder if it was more of a fairy situation than it was an actual ghost. A fairy's picking up a gallon of milk. I mean, they're magic, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they not? Okay. <laughs> I mean... I think it was Billy. Okay, well, Billy might have been a fae. Just saying. The next one is called The Eerie Attic by Reddit user
1: digs dawes i don't believe in ghosts but after all no matter how a ghost story begins it always hinges on the notion that come on of course we believe in ghosts a few years ago i moved into a one-bedroom apartment in melbourne australia it was my first time living on my own the apartment block had been built in the 1930s i had been there for a few months when i came home from work one day and went into the bathroom i saw something strange A wooden board, which had covered a hole in the ceiling that led to a small attic space, lay fractured in two pieces on the ground. I examined the pieces. The board was an inch thick, and it would have taken Bruce Lee to break it. I thought the landlord had sent someone to work on the attic. I was frozen stiff with with fear. Someone was up there for sure, I thought. I emailed pictures to the landlord, asking if anyone had been there, with an undertone of annoyance since she hadn't warned me. Her reply read, "'Please call me as soon as you are able to.'" (laughs) <laughs> you don't want that response yeah that's never good i called and she explained that her last two tenants had said the same thing had happened she promised to replace the board and she did a month later i woke up one night around 4 a.m my body was covered in goosebumps it felt like someone was rubbing his or her hands on me everything was silent but then i heard a dragging sound coming from above my bed it was as if someone was pulling a sack of potatoes i froze convinced someone was up there There is no way an animal could make that sound. After five minutes, I worked up the courage to turn on the light, armed myself with a cricket bat, and walked to the bathroom. That's when I saw that the new board covering the hole was broken in two. I felt sick. The dragging sound had stopped, but I heard something else. Whispering. The sound was clear and coming from the attic. It sounded like children's voices, and I could hear one sentence repeated over and over. It's your turn. It's your turn. I switched on every light in the apartment to make... Things feel normal. It was five a.m. and dark outside. I watched TV to try to unwind. Then a fuse blew. My pet budgie, Dexter, whom I kept in the kitchen, usually never made a sound at night, but he started squawking like he was being strangled. I'd never heard him make those sorts of noises. He was screaming. I grabbed my car keys, ran out, sat in my car, and waited there until the sun came up. You should have brought Dexter. I know, he left Dexter behind.
0: I was like, "What the?" This
1: heck? Poor little bird heart's probably freaking out.
0: Is a budgie a bird? Yeah, I have no idea. Total yeah. okay.
1: bird. When I saw people walking their dogs, this comforted me enough to go back in. The front door was open, but I figured I might have forgotten to close it when I ran out. I went to the kitchen to check on Dexter, but he wasn't in his cage. I felt sick again. All my windows were closed, so I looked everywhere inside. When I walked to the bathroom, I heard splashing. Dexter was half drowned in the toilet. I took him out, washed him, and dried him. I was so confused. At eight AM I called the landlord and gave gave her a watered down version of the night. Oh wow, you heard the whispering too, she said. I stayed in that apartment for another eighteen months. I heard the whispering on a few occasions, and twice the board covering the hole in the ceiling moved. Although I live elsewhere now, the landlord recently called. She said that her new tenants had begged to speak with me about some of the stuff that's been going on there. Forget it, it's their problem now. Yeah so scary could you imagine like i couldn't imagine that happening and me staying for 18 months no well i mean you get locked
0: into a lease well that's only 12 months typically yeah but not our new one so they stayed <laughs> for like a while i mean it's hard to find a place to rent i guess
1: and it was like his first or their first place yeah
0: when I read that story, I had the exact same reaction as you. I was like, "Why in the hell would you not grab Dexter and take him out with you?" Dexter but... was so scared he tried to drown himself in toilet. <laughs> I think somebody like, get me out.
1: I think maybe
0: possibly something I don't want to live here out. anymore. That's it. I'm done. Yeah, very scary. And attics are scary anyway. Yeah, like I somebody had to go up in our attic to do our house inspection, or at least like open the board. And part of me was like, I have no freaking idea what they're going to find because I have never once in the 20 years we have lived here opened the little trap door for the attic because I don't want to see up there. I don't care. It's scary and Some houses have like
1: the cool attics that can be like turned into bedrooms and like makeshift stuff and like renovate it so it doesn't look like an attic. But my first thought with that would be I would think that like someone was like an intruder was in my
0: apartment. Yeah, but the fact that the board was... On the outside i mean yeah they're like breaking it to get in is what i would think i guess they climb up there yeah but if there's i mean it sounds like an old attic like without stairs so they would have to be breaking it to get out i guess but i would imagine that they've looked up there i would wonder why the attic was boarded shut and not just
1: a door right <laughs> like
0: you're like oh, that's a little strange very strange i do not like it I told you that one story about how I lived in my great-grandma's upstairs attic space when we were little. I friggin' hated it, Mm -hmm. and I still do not like attics. When I think of attics, I think of activity immediately. Yeah, or I I think of, like, I don't know, some creepy flowers in the attic, like, sad stuff. Yeah, I know. I have no good connotations with attics. Okay, we have a couple more. This is gonna be a short episode, but that's okay because you guys are all busy getting ready for your trick-or-treating and whatnot. This is called The Boy With No Eyes, and it's by Reddit user KKamendo4. One night when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom I thought and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. It was not my mom I found an eyeless boy. He had black empty sockets, was about my age sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand and in it was a little box. I was startled but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and said, "Give it." Then I blinked and when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But i could still see the imprint where he'd sat on my bed fast forward five years my girlfriend came over to do homework after she finished she took a nap while she waited for her parents when they arrived i tried waking her up she opened her eyes suddenly looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling she pointed there and went back to sleep i shook her again she came to full consciousness and i explained what she'd done she looked haunted Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years, I was with the same girlfriend and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversation continued until we got our own place later that year.
1: I see eyeless.
0: I don't know. It makes, I mean, I don't know. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that would be really scary. Mm-hmm.
1: Child ghosts are scary enough. Especially. ones without eyeballs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the At least he was nice. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not. He never really was scary. Although he was kind of like. <laughs>
1: what do you stary- mean? He's not scary. <laughs> I don't he's going know. out of his way to like sit on their bed in Offer the middle of, a toy of the night and take
0: it back, graze and their leg. He was just probably thinking that it was another little kid like him. He's just confused. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I, little kid ghost. I don't know what the box was. Probably a toy like or what was in the box. I don't know. What's in the box? Yeah.
1: Give it. <laughs>
0: like what? <laughs> I don't
1: think he's going to give it to you, buddy. No. All right. This one is really scary. This one is, is it no title? It just just doesn't no have a title. title. Yeah. This is untitled by Mel. With Hound in her. Whatever. Diner five. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the early 2000s, I moved in with a now ex-boyfriend. He lived in a bungalow-style house in one of the neighborhoods of a large Midwestern city. This happened when I was taking a personal day from work after moving in to finish getting things arranged and unpacked. It was mid-afternoon when the doorbell rang. Through the peephole, I saw a conservatively dressed woman. My guess was Jehovah's Witness, so I planned to say no thanks and get back to unpacking. I opened the door and got a better look. The woman was about my age, late 20s, and she had frizzy hair like a perm gone wrong. It was a nondescript brownish blonde and looked dry and damaged. All her style choices looked like those of a stereotypical grandmother. She wore a lightweight tan jacket, a white turtleneck turtleneck that looked like it had been washed many times, a long khaki skirt that buttoned up the front, and loafers styled like moccasins. That sounds kind of (laughs) cute. She was underdressed for a late November day. The only break with her style was shiny black aviator sunglasses, and I couldn't see her eyes. I opened the door, but left the screen door closed. Hi, is Scott home? I started to say he wasn't home, but then my instinct started to kick in. I asked what she needed, and she held out a paper plate wrapped in foil. I made these for Scott. He helped me out the other day, and I wanted to thank him. That almost made sense. Scott was a firefighter, and he'd had a call to a house recently But why would she bring them to his house? How did she find his house? Why was I instantly uncomfortable and panicked once I opened the door? I told her she'd have to give it to him at work. She asked if he was at work, and I said she'd need to talk to him later at work, and she asked when he'd be home. I said she'd need to speak to him. She'd asked if he was home. It was an endless loop. I noticed she had a jerky manner of talking, like she had to move physically to speak. Finally, I broke the loop and said I couldn't talk to her anymore and she'd have to leave. As I closed the door, she slammed her hand on the screen door and screamed no. I closed and locked the door quickly. Almost instantly, there was knocking at the back door. That didn't make sense. The backyard was fenced and we kept the gate locked. The lot was long and narrow, so along with the locked gate, it took a little time to go from the front to the back. I ran to the back and peeked out. She was there and now she was yelling that she knew he was home and I had to let her in. I, lo- I looked at her out the back door. She clearly had a problem and I didn't know if 911 was the best way to help or not. The doorbell rang as I looked at her. Hopefully it was someone else. I went and looked out the people. There she was again. She gave me a big grin and the knocking started in back. I marched to the phone. There were two of them so I was sure this was a crime and she was putting on an act. 911 was my best bet. As I reached the phone, it rang. I expected it to be her, but it was our neighbors across the street. They were older, but not too much. He, Jim, was a retired cop. She, Jenny, worked an office job in the city. She was off today and was just wondering if Scott and I would like to come for dinner. I cut her off, panicked, and asked if anyone was at my front door. She said no, and I begged her to double check. She asked me why, and I explained. Immediately, she got Jim on the phone. Jim told me he'd be right over and to go to the interior of the house away from the windows. All this time, the bell rang in the front and there was knocking in the back. Eventually, it stopped. Jim yelled at the front door that it was him and I could open up. He asked me a lot of questions and then we had the following conversation I've never forgotten. If that thing ever comes back again, don't open the door. Jim, if she ever comes back, I'm calling the police. Wait, what do you mean that thing? I don't know what religion you are, but you should get something for protection and hang it by the door. Don't talk about it again, either. Scott was as confused by it as I was and didn't recognize her from my description. At first, we talked about it, but then I noticed after he was talking to Jim one day, he didn't want to discuss it anymore. He was raised Catholic, and a few days later, he hung a crucifix near the door. He insisted it was just something from his grandma's house he'd had a long, he'd had a long time, and it reminded him of her. I lived there for a little over a year and nothing else happened. About a year after I moved out, Scott called me at work. He thought I'd want to know Jim had died. During the call, we talked about old times and Scott talked about how Jim had been so concerned about me after the incident. The same thing had happened to Jenny late one night when they just had their first child. I tried to take it beyond Jim's concern, but Scott said Jim had asked him never to talk about it and he wanted to respect that. Since then, I've lost touch with Jenny and Scott. It wasn't until a few days after the call that I realized it. Jim and Jenny were my parents' age. Their first baby is a few years older than me. That means the same thing happened to her in the 1970s. I still don't understand it.
0: Same thing, same woman, that many years before. Yeah. I don't know what kind of thing it would be. No, because how does it no The Rains. names. And how has it not changed? Yeah. Like, is it a ghost? Is it something else? Is it a black... Like a kid with well, the glasses. I would want to know what was on the plate. Maybe nothing. I don't know. It's terrifying. Especially considering that it went from back to front to back to front to back In to front like so fast seconds, yeah. and was able to ring the doorbell, not be there. I don't mm-hmm. know. That story freaked me out. Yeah, but, yeah, that's terrifying. Really bad. I did not like it. Oh. Yeah. All right, we have one more. I thought that was the end, but. This one looks no. We may have to trade off a little bit. Okay. All right. Getting back to the top. Okay. This is another Untitled, and it's by Copa Dopa. This is by far, by far, the freakiest thing that has ever happened to me. A lot of my friends and family live in pretty dispersed parts of the country, and every so often I go on road trips in order to visit them. My job gives me the freedom to sometimes take quite lengthy ones, Which is great because I am obsessed with thrift shopping. So I will sometimes plan out a route that lets me hit up a bunch of small towns, thrift stores, and see if I can score any vintage gems. It makes the traveling part of these trips much more fun. While I do a little bit of thrift flipping on the side on Poshmark, mostly I just look for myself. My collection of vintage dresses and hats and jewelry is absurd. It's an addiction folks i feel you yeah Emma's thrift queen this was in the summer and i had just dyed my hair reddish auburn from its usual blonde i was really feeling the new look and excited about how different colors and styles might work with it i set up on my phone a route through certain small towns thrift stores that i had read about online i had already made a few cool stores or scores on the first and second day before visiting my sister after that, as I headed further south, is where the story gets crazy. I was in the, middle of, in the middle of nowhere, Georgia, headed to a small town that I won't name, but which had a large church-affiliated thrift store I was planning to spend a few hours at. When I arrived in the parking lot, I had a good feeling just because of how huge the store was. I walked in and within about five minutes, I started finding the most amazing vintage late 70s, early 80s clothes. All kind of clustered together and all very feminine knit skirts flo- flowy floral dresses little sweaters blouses when I tried them on they all fit perfectly which is kind of amazing because I am pretty petite and have to alter vintage stuff I was convinced that these outfits must have belonged to the same person because they were all of such a distinctive quality and era I was super excited and looked through every rack in the store to see if I could find anything else that was similar And i did find a few more items like a vintage straw purse but most of the store was contemporary t-shirts and kids clothes so those amazing vintage pieces really stood out they were also super cheap like four dollars a dress mega score i had spent so long there that i decided this was the town where i was going to spend the night i ordered chinese to go got a hotel room and spent the evening eating lo mein and trying on different outfits and playing around with accessories while a movie was on the background The next morning, I was so excited to wear what I considered the star of my thrift haul. Side note, in addition to being the freakiest thing that has ever happened to me, this also remains my best thrift haul ever. Oh my gosh. Sorry about that. It's not a ghost. Cats are playing. She's a little nasty for not washing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, A sort of little house on the prairie-esque long floral dress with slight puff sleeves. I felt like some kind of casual daytime princess wearing it, so I clipped my newly auburn hair to the side, put my phone and lip balm in the just-acquired straw purse, and after packing up the car, headed out to get breakfast somewhere. This was one of those towns that had a diner where everyone goes in the morning. The parking lot was jam-packed. I figured they would have pretty good coffee, so I decided this was going to be my goodbye to the place that gave me such awesome additions to my wardrobe. I pushed the glass doors and walked in and you know, that feeling when it seems like everyone is staring at you. As soon as I stepped inside the sound of the place, which had been buzzing with different voices, noticeably dropped. And I felt all the eyes on me. It wasn't the usual let's gawk at a pretty girl sort of thing either. It felt different, almost unfriendly. It was unnerving, but a sign said, please seat yourself. So I slid into a booth and picked up a menu. I was contemplating my order when the waitress came over, an older woman in her, probably late 60s. Coffee, honey, she said. I put the menu down, looked up with a smile, and said, yes, please. I have never seen the color drain from someone's face before, but when I looked up at her, I saw her lips go white. She screamed and dropped the coffee pot she was holding, which smashed into the floor, hot coffee and glass going everywhere. And she kept screaming over and over, staring right at me. I was stunned. Eventually, someone took her by the arm and ushered her away toward the kitchen, where I could still hear her screaming. Every single person in the diner was staring at me now. A mother got up and clutched her children's faces against her, as if they couldn't look at me, and left the diner. Other people were getting up and leaving too, and one woman made the sign of the cross staring at me before she did. I didn't move. I started saying, I'm sorry, which didn't make sense because, of course, I hadn't done anything but no one looked at me like they were going to offer any encouraging words. I was going to get up and leave myself, but with all the other people still going through the door, I just sat there. From the back kitchen came an older man who from his apron appeared to be the short order cook. He brought me a mug of coffee and stared right at me. Sorry about that, ma'am, he said. She just had a death in the family and isn't herself. He stood there for a few seconds, just looking at me while I tentatively sipped the coffee still in shock and then he said do you mind me asking your name i told him and his face seemed to visibly relax so it's not franny i told him it most certainly was not franny he stood there still looking at me intently i could see from his face that he was quite old older than i first thought because you look a lot like her and he gestured toward my dress that was her May queen outfit I looked down in confusion at my little house in the prairie dress. I told him that I had just bought it at the thrift store in town the day before. He nodded like that made sense and asked for my order saying it would be on the house. It better be. Yeah. I could still hear the woman in the kitchen who was crying and moaning now, no longer screaming. So I made my order and he came back with a mop and quickly cleaned up the mess near my foot and soon brought out my pancakes and eggs. The noise in the diner went up a little as the remaining diners began talking to each other again, and a few new ones came in, but I could still see them shooting furtive glances at me. Eventually, I realized I could no longer hear the waitress crying, although she never came back into the dining area. As I finished the meal, the short-order cook asked if he could sit down with me. I nodded. He asked me where I was from, and I told him, and what I was doing in this town. We don't get a whole lot of visitors here, and I told him. I asked him what he meant about what he said before when he asked if my name was Franny. He never took his eyes off me as he spoke. He told me that over 30 years ago, a sweet, pretty girl, my niece actually, that looked very much like you, was murdered, strangled, and her body found in a nearby field. No one was ever charged, he said, although some people suspected her on and off boyfriend. But no evidence was ever found. She had been the May Queen in the town's parade in the months before she died and was going to go to college to UGA in the fall, but never got the chance. The whole town never forgot her or her murder. My wife, he gestured toward the kitchen where the waitress has gone. Just lost her older sister, who was Franny's mother, a few weeks ago. So she's a little skittish right now, and well, seeing you in a little is a little like seeing a ghost. I don't know what to say, so I just said, I'm sorry. We realized that Franny's clothes, which her mother had kept all these decades, must have been recently donated to the thrift store after her mom died. That was why there were so many great vintage outfits that fit me so well. It is strange also to think that if I hadn't just dyed my hair, I probably wouldn't have made nearly the same impression as Franny's hair had been reddish auburn too. Can I ask you a favor, he asked, as our conversation seemed to be wrapping up. Okay, I said. You see that auto shop on the corner? He pointed a gnarled finger through the window, or the diner window, toward a sign. I could only partly make out. Yes, I said. If you don't mind, I'd really like to walk with you into that shop and say hello to the owner. For some reason, I didn't ask further questions, but just said, okay. He nodded and got up, getting a younger guy from the kitchen to come out to the diner while he was gone. Then grabbed his coat, and together we walked without talking toward the nearby auto shop. I could feel everyone in the diner looking at us as we left. When we were close enough to going inside the shop, I asked, who are we meeting? Franny's boyfriend, he said, grimly, and without, and without thinking, I walked forward as he held the door open for me. There was no one in the room when we stepped inside. The short order cook immediately walked up to the empty front desk and rang a bell there as we waited. Shortly after, a man came from the back garage area. He was portly bald and in his mid-fifties, wiping his hands with a rag. Hi, Randall, the cook said. Something about how he said the name Randall seemed weighted with meaning. The man looked surprised but nodded. Then he looked at me. Never as long as I live will I forget his face. As he stared at me, his expression changed to one of pure horror. Jesus fucking Christ, he said. Then he closed his eyes, wiped the rag out of his face, which left a dark grease mark on his forehead. When he opened his eyes again, he repeated looking at me. Jesus fucking Christ. Then he said, Franny? Franny? We hadn't talked about what I was supposed to do or say, so I just nodded. He started trembling all over and then weeping, saying, Forgive me, Franny. Forgive me. He fell to his knees. The cook took my arm and we turned around and walked out, leaving him there. When we were back close to the diner again, the cook turned to me and said, Maybe not good enough for the law, but good enough for me. Thank you. I told him I was going to leave now, and he said, Just one thing. Wait here. So I waited outside near my car, wondering what was next. When he came out, he handed me a paper bag. Thank you again, Laura, he said, which is my name. And then we hugged, which was unexpected and nice. I saw that there were tears in his eyes and he pulled back when we pulled back. He stood outside the diner and waved at me as I drove away. Once I got to a stoplight, I opened the bag. It was an egg salad sandwich, a pickle, each wrapped in plastic, and a bag of chips. Sometimes I still can't believe all that really happened. The rest of the trip passed in a blur of visiting and thrifting, I told everyone I spent time with about what had happened and they could hardly believe it either, but it is true. Every single word of it. Not that long ago, I happened to put on one of the knit skirts from the vintage haul. Yes, I still wear all the clothes. They are lovely after all. And realized there was a pocket I hadn't noticed. I stuck my hand in it and came out came a piece of paper. It was a dry cleaning slip with the date 3 and at the bottom was written in bubbly script, Francesca. I keep it in my jewelry box in a place of honor. That's freaking crazy.
1: Yeah, I'd also be like, um, please don't use me as, like, a pawn (laughs) to get this guy to confess to murder.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, when would they ever have such an opportunity again to have somebody just come into town, happen to look just like her, and buy her clothes?
1: No, but it's a little ridiculous to think that people, like... We're trying to shield their
0: kids from her. Well, they thought she was a ghost or a but vampire or something. Even if she was, like, why? Like, what the hell? I, if I'm sitting in a diner and somebody that I thought died 30 years ago wanders in looking exactly the same, I'm probably going to freak out a lot. Would you not? I mean, come on. I mean, yeah,
1: I would be like weirded out but then the rational part of my brain would probably be like
0: if they were wearing their the ordering coffee and eating stuff? pancakes and eggs like no I would think ghost and I would be freaked also out also May Queen yeah I thought you'd like just that was Swedish town it was a midsummer mid-sum- yeah. I figured you would enjoy the May Queen Yeah, that one wasn't so much a ghost story as much as just a creepy I don't know what you want to call it
1: fate destiny mm-hmm. right happens. place right time mm-hmm and it's weird that, like, all of them fit her perfectly, too. I'm
0: guessing that she was pretty cr- similar to this young lady. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Felt like it was a little bit of divine intervention. So. And Francesca got to be honored. Yep. Now she has a little spot in her there's box. some closure for some people, too. Yeah. Definitely. All right. If you have any spooky stories, we would love to hear them because it's Halloween. Season and all. It's October 23rd to be exact. We are getting ready to watch the new Halloween movie. Even though there's been some mixed reviews, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like we just watched something that was really good the other day. Oh, I have been wa- or watched, and those of you who like um, Haunting of Hill House or Haunting of Bly Manor or Midnight Mass need to watch Midnight Club it is on netflix and it's freaking amazing i loved every second of it we watched
1: x and barbarian oh yeah
0: x and barbarian both recommend i like them both 10 out
1: of 10 recommend on both of them yeah really good stuff we've been like quoting x for like three weeks mm-hmm. because it's the most quotable movie ever I really uh,
0: learned that whole script and like the first time watching it it was a good it was a good movie i also desperately needed halloween um outfit ideas for next Saturday so if anybody has any cool ideas they want to shoot my way hit me up on the book face because I don't know what I'm going to be and I never I haven't had time to think about it we've just been doing so much that I, I feel like I need a mulligan on October I'm kind of upset that all the creepy things I normally get to do have not happened because it's been so freaking busy. To be fair I've given you a lot of good ideas and you haven't wanted to do any of them. I know. She's got her own She got her own costume without me, so I am definitely not being her mother. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be Carrie. Yeah, she's gonna be Carrie. And I'm not being that crazy bitch mom of hers. That's not <laughs> happening. So I don't know. I might just be like Elvira or something. That's easy to do. It is easy to do. Just get some black dress, push up bra, pop the boobs out. Yeah. Put on a wig. Boom. Charger Elvira eyebrows real high. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do it. You'd be Morticia and Gomez yeah i don't know do you think your dad wants to be gomez i don't know you want to be gomez no damn it I'd <laughs> be uncle fester instead if you want no uh, yeah no the bald cap wig didn't work well for him <laughs> last year we'll figure something out but hopefully you guys are enjoying and pugsley their brother and sister that's weird <laughs> i can't do that one cersei and jamie lannister well more brothers and sisters <laughs> even weirder all right. Hopefully you are enjoying your Halloween season. Um, do some cool stuff. We did get to do a um, haunted tour, which we're going to talk about next time at the McPike Mansion in Alton. It was pretty cool. Got a few other little things I want to try and squeeze in before we move away from this area. But I don't know if it's going to happen because that time is coming fast.
1: No, very fast.
0: So, all right. Thanks for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Please follow us on our socials, on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast. Like and follow us on your preferred
1: listening platform, leave a five-star rating, and send us those stories via email at MonstersandMixers2
0: at gmail.com or at one of the socials mentioned. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale, and for real this time, concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.